Welcome into a very special pre-draft edition. Get your mocks ready of commitment issues. We are so excited. We're going to talk about hips, upside. We're going to quote, uh, uh, you know, unnamed scouts. <laughs> We've got it all. So I'm Woody Womack, joined uh, by, from Miami by Rob Casty. Rob, how's it going? I just want to say the word reach as many times as I possibly can. <laughs> I think he's a reach at 16, Woody. <laughs> he is a reach. Guess what? I got a mock draft out where I predict that every team is going to trade every single pick, and then I'm going to say who the team is going to pick based on a fake trade that's never actually going to happen. Uh, we've got a really all good one. We've got all that coming. Nick Kruger also joining us from Austin. Nick, uh, you didn't fill out the sheet, but you're still ready to talk draft talk, right? Well, I thought I, I wasn't aware of what the format was going to be prior to us starting, so I, I downloaded this thing because <laughs> I thought. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were doing a mock draft. <laughs> that was good. I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you got that sound. I expect to hear that several times. Uh, we'll do that for each category. <laughs> so anyway, for those of you who listen to this show on a regular basis, you will know that we do not are not going to take this very seriously. We are going to go through some categories for the draft and talk about uh, guys and how we remember them in high school. Category about- one: best hips. Yeah, talk about who has the best hips, who <laughs> things like that. So it should be fun. It should be fun to listen to. It should be help you guys get ready for the draft if you're a casual observer or a college football fan like we are. So I'll probably watch a lot of the draft. Nick and I used to do famously. We used to have heated mock draft contests. If you remember, right, Nick? I, I remember being the champion of those. Yeah. Well, guess what? There's a reason why Bill Polian now works on ESPN, and it goes back to when he passed on Roger Saffold to draft Jerry Hughes like a jabroni, costing me the contest when we had Jets Pizza. It still haunts me to this day. And guess what? Roger Saffold still holding strong. Jerry Hughes continues to bounce around the different teams. So take that, Bill. Um we want to remind you, please leave us a review on iTunes. S- send this episode to a friend if you're looking for an example of uh, how stupid this show is that we do and why they should listen. So we're going to jump right into it. Uh, category number one. This one is I told you so, which I love to say, as you both of you can also can attest for sure. These are guys that we ranked high, that we pushed the envelope on. That, you know, we, we essentially trumpeted them when they were recruits. Uh, and now we're right, and everyone else is wrong, so they could suck it. So, uh, Rob, will let you go first. This one is kind of interesting because your number one guy turned out to be ranked as a five star, I believe, by everyone. So, uh, Nick, give us the sound, and Rob will make his selection. I got two guys. Uh, guy number one is Christian Kirk out of Texas A and M, who I heard a thousand times was too small to be a five star. <laughs> Could never work in the NFL because of his size, even though people made him out to be like 5'5 when he was clearly 5'11 the entire time. He was fake short somehow. I don't know how – I mean no matter how many times he was measured in camps, everybody still insisted that he wasn't 5'11, which I found to be strange. We made him a five-star before anybody else. Everybody else followed suit right before signing day and lo and behold, you know, he has a great career. My second guy is Mark Andrews who went to Oklahoma and the reason I was so right on this – is because I remember when he was in Phoenix, he played on the Kyle Allen's high school team and he was getting kind of big. And I told him, you're going to be a great tight end. And he never talked to me again. 
<laughs> he completely swore off of me, hated me. His brother DM'd me yelling at me once on Twitter for calling him a tight end. And now he will likely be an NFL tight end, uh, a very highly picked NFL tight end. So I want to pat myself on the back for that one. Yeah, I didn't know that story. That's the first time I've heard that. Uh, that's the first time I've heard that one come up. That's interesting. Yeah, he was you know not too the, happy. You know what the problem was with Christian Kirk was he was just such like a he was like a stout build, you know, kind of like a broad a broad dude, and and so I think that provided an optical illusion that he was shorter than he was because he was it, so like it was stout. amazing because it was like even people in our own company that had been there when he had been measured at events. Still insisted, nah, he's 5'8". I'm like, the measurements are wrong. Like, what? All right. Well, you know, the, the issue we had with him, and actually this, this is timely because I was looking back through old photos. He came to the five-star challenge as an underclassman, right? Yes. If you look at him in those photos, he looks like he's like 12. So as we know with some people who work here at Rivals, <laughs> the first impression they get on a recruit is that's it. And that's burned into their brain. So with Kirk, he came that one year, the, the first year that I didn't go to Chicago, and he looked tiny, and everybody remembered that. So then the whole rest of the year, heading into his senior year, you were fighting for him in the rankings. And it wasn't until I think he showed up at the five-star challenge. The next with, year. Yeah, yeah. With, the, uh, with the new look and everything that, that Nick said. So, uh, so Rob gets the, those two. More so, I told you so to Mark Andrews directly. Uh, he, who was ranked as a tight end by ESPN, it looks like. Yeah, would not let me move him, um, was not having it, and then also swore off talking to me. Yeah, you ranked him as a wide receiver, 6'6", 225, I'm sure. Uh, do, do we know how much he weighs now, like 260 probably? Uh, yeah, maybe more. All right, so now it's time for my pick, and of course I've got plenty of them. The number one that I really want to talk about, well, first we should just do Braxton Berrios. Let's get that out of the way. Because Nick remembers this when Nick can talk. Nick, we, I forget. Did you like Berrios or not when we were uh, when we were running yeah. around the way trying to push the agenda? Sure. Yeah. He was, it w- wasn't the like. He was a nice guy, good player, all that. Right. Exactly. Had Good family. family. Yeah, good, great family. Had the, had the swag factor, brought a lot of fun to camps, was always wearing his gold chain. Anytime you've got, uh, you know, a small receiver like that who can go out and get open against anybody and make plays, you know, it's exciting. But there was a lot of pushback. People didn't see it. People didn't think he was good, especially, namely people of this company, a la Mike Farrell and Adam Friedman, who Friedman, absolutely, the officer would have had him locked up uh, pretty early. He did not like him. He actually didn't really care for his personality and everything. So, uh I'm I'm celebrating Braxton, but as we were doing the research, I noticed uh, the CBS seven round mock draft I looked at did not have him getting drafted. So, boy, could Mike have the last laugh? Because the comment that Mike made was he'll never sniff the NFL. And I don't know if he signs as an undrafted free agent. I still consider that sniffing. But as a four star, I want him to get drafted. So uh, the the jury is out on that one. The, the number one that. And I put some other guys on here, Deshaun Elliott, who who I kind of beat the drum for, even though he was from Texas and I didn't know a lot about him. I only saw him one time. He's going to go in the first round. Isaiah Wynn, who everyone said was too short. Uh, he's an offensive lineman from Georgia. Uh, he's going to end up going in the first round, even though he's a 6'2 offensive lineman. Kind of like Christian Kirk, you know, one of those guys that, hey, this guy's too short. He can never make it. And here we are. But the one I have is Harold Landry. Now, this guy probably doesn't have a lot of name cachet with either one of you guys. 
because he went to Boston College. And I took so much heat for this guy's ranking. He was ranked uh, number 180 in the country. He was famously teammates with Lamont Galliard, who was a five-star on some other sites at the time. We had ranked as a three-star. He ended up going to Georgia uh, as a defensive tackle, ended up moving to offensive line. I think he still plays for Georgia on their offensive line. But him and Landry were on the same team and played side-by-side. And you would watch Galliard, and you'd notice that the guy next to him was making all the plays, and that was Landry. So Landry came to our camp, did excellent was awesome. I loved him. I pushed him way up in the rankings. And actually, to give Mike credit, Mike was – he fully had my back on this one, Mike Fell. He loved him. And the heat we took because it was like nobody wanted him. I mean, because if you look at this guy's offers, he had Auburn, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Ohio State, South Carolina. And he went to Boston College. So, Rob, that that is classic nobody wanted him, right? Oh, yeah. Not a take. Classic he, not a take. Yeah, he was not a take at any of those places. Why did you rank this guy so high? You're a loser. How is he ranked higher than all these players who went other places? And Our now fired coaching staff did not want him. Right, exactly. How how is he ranked? Uh, how is he ranked ahead of Darrell Scott, who went to Tennessee and never played? You know, or pick pick your uh, pick your. Oh, Lorenzo Featherston was a classic one who went to Florida State uh, and is now medically retired. He was one we took a ton of heat for. He was a six seven defensive end. And, how could you have this 6'2 guy who's going to Boston College ranked ahead of him? Well, sorry, guys. Uh, our boy Harold's going uh, to the league. So that's my uh, I told you so. Now, <clears throat> moving on, next category. R- Nick, you'll like this one. Smooth move, X-Lax. Uh, where, where does that phrase guys. originate? I mean, I've heard it. I know it's in a movie somewhere. But, I mean, where did that start? I haven't heard it in years. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, look that up while uh, – I'll look that up while uh, we're talking here, but I'd imagine it has something. Don't, to don't ask me how I know this, but there is such a thing called smooth move tea, which is supposed to, you know, increase metabolism. And I, I guess I don't even understand the root of the idiom. Smooth because, move, no, because X-Lax. X-Lax. because know, X-Lax makes, makes things move smoother. Oh, okay. Now I have the root of the idiom. Okay, yeah. I thought it was somehow a way trying to tell me that I was full of crap, and I was trying to figure it out. And okay, it makes sense. It looks like it came from back, was Back to the Future the first. That uh, could be it. The first, uh, the first note on it. I'm as I'm researching here. Anyway, it's a stupid saying that people used to say. Uh, that people used to say when we were kids. So that's the name of the category. These are guys that we rank too low because we're stupid. So. Uh, I'll make the first selection here. Bradley Chubb could be the number one pick, could be number two. All types of talk about him. This was a guy, if we look back on Bradley, and I actually talked to Chad Simmons uh, this past week to kind of get get some recollection on him. Uh, you know, what, what did you remember about Chubb? Uh, well, the thing to remember was he got hurt as a junior. I believe he, I believe he didn't play his junior year or uh, barely played or something like that, if, I, if I'm remembering right. Didn't come to any camps, uh, committed to NC State that summer, had some other offers. We never really saw him. And he was, he was at that time, we got him listed at 6'3", 220. I think going into the draft, I mean, I saw a picture of him when we were doing this, uh, we were doing this thing, and he, he's listed at 6'4", 276. So uh, I would call that uh, quite, a, quite a glow up there to, to grow and put on 55 pounds of probably muscle that's my excuse that's my story i'm sticking to it 
Uh, I wish I could use another quote that Nick and I say all the time uh, uh, from Larry David, but I can't because it uses cuss words. But that one's on me, coach. I messed that one up. So, Rob, uh, what's your pick? I'm not sure I have an excuse. So, so Terrell Crosby is an offensive lineman that went to Oregon and is projected as a high second-round pick. I remember him. He came to a camp, the first ever rivals camp. I think he came over from Phoenix or to Phoenix. And he's at one of those Nevada schools that isn't Bishop Mormon, you know? Yeah. And I remember thinking, man, this kid's big, but boy, does he suck. <laughs> Couldn't move. Like, nah, we'll leave him a three star. And well, shows what I know. Like, yeah. I have no excuse. I mean, he had the size. He just he looked slow to me or whatever. And I guess, you know, when you're wrong, you're wrong. Yeah, he turned out to be like one of these guys that was critical when he missed, I believe he missed all of last season or the 2016 season. And a lot of people blame that on why they were so bad and the coaching staff even got fired because they were without their left tackle. So <laughs> maybe, maybe it's one of those rookie of the year situations where he falls down and breaks something and he comes back and is actually a good player. Okay. So, so, so he was 6'4, 298 in high school, right? That's what we measured him as. I mean, that's not a can't miss tackle, 6'4, 298 back then. I mean, it's really not. And uh, they were listed him uh, last year on Oregon's roster at six five three twenty. So he got a little bit taller, got a got a lot better. But I mean, I think he played. He played pretty much. <laughs> not to not to rub salt in your wound, Rod, but uh, he played as a true freshman. Yeah, well, the only thing that I'm going to save myself here, I'm just going to tell myself that I had him as the highest possible three star and a tick away from a four star, and not that. But I remember, I. Absolutely remember thinking, man, this guy sucks. So it's not even just like an oversight. It was, you know, it was definitely like done on purpose. So I'm sorry about that, Terrell Crosby. At least he was a 5'7". My guy was a 5'5", the lowest uh, of the low three stars. So here we go. Listen to this. In his freshman year, made appearances in all 15 games, including 97 plays in the Pac-12 Conference Championship game. Ouch. That one's got to hurt. So Nick Nick doesn't have anyone here because he wasn't doing rankings at the time. Now – Rob, you kind of came up with this category, but didn't put someone. Uh, next category. Best quarterback. Ooh, boy, this is where the hot topics come in. We're looking at the top of the draft. We could have four quarterbacks go in the top 11. Which one cares about football the most? Which one should be a wide receiver? Yada, 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 yada. Which so, one is a good Christian and which one is an atheist? Right, exactly. So, best quarterback. Now Nick's got the most controversial one here. So Nick, out of the out of the, every quarterback in the draft, which quarterback would you draft if you had the highest pick there? Well, oh well, I also picked. I also picked mine because it was different than. I guess I guess you both have the same one. I I thought I was picking a different one. Uh, I just went Mason Rudolph because there was a period of time where I really wanted Jacksonville to draft him. Uh, so I'm just hoping that he does well. Uh. So I think I think he I think he checks most of the boxes, you know. So you'd rather have him than would you rather have him than Rosen? I'd rather have him than Baker Mayfield. Oh, okay. Um I like what Rudolph you, too. What I think you got against Baker Mayfield. Here's what I think is gonna happen. I think the Patriots are gonna draft Rudolph at the uh end of the first round there. So book book that one in. Now, if I was picking first, which I'm not, if I was the Cleveland Browns, I would just I don't know what I would do. I would, I guess I would pick Josh Rosen, even though I don't think he would do well in Cleveland. But if we're just saying based on pure prospect, the guy we expect to be, you know, 
an all pro level or be, you know, the Carson Wentz type of person, I guess is the, is the ideal fit or in Nick's case, the Blake Bortles. Uh, I'm going to go with Josh Rosen. And I think Rob also selected Josh Rosen. That's the guy based on seeing all these guys uh, over the years, watching them play in high school, watching them play in college. I'm most confident that Rosen is going to be much better in the NFL than he was in college. Rob, what do you think? No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. See, here's the thing. I've seen Josh Rosen be awesome. The Wyoming quarterback, we, I think at some point, if you've never seen a guy be good at football, it, it's really hard to project him to be good at football, right? Like when has anybody ever seen this guy like put together a football game? Rosen, I've seen with my own two eyes. I know that Rosen has a strong arm. I know that Rosen is accurate. I know that Rosen is smart. There are certain things I know about Josh Rosen because I've seen them that don't really feel like projections. With Josh Allen, it feels like, well, this guy could be good if and if and if and if, and it feels like there are way too many ifs for all of that to fall in line, and I think he's going to be a disaster uh, for the opposite reasons that I think Rosen is going to be good because we've all seen it from Rosen. You know, He's a developed passer, and if the biggest knock on a guy is he might be too smart, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll bet on that. All right, so that rolls us right into our next category. I love that sound. I love that sound. Whoa. Oh, no. <laughs> I can hear it over and over again. I, gonna, I, 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 put, it on repeat on, I put it on repeat on accident. I'm going to make that my text message tone uh, after this show is over. Uh, biggest bust. Boy, who do we think is going to stink the most? Rob already said it. Count me in. Josh Allen, you stink. I've watched, I've watched him play. People say, Woody. When do you ever watch Wyoming? Well, I watched them two games in a row at the beginning of the year this past year play Iowa and then Oregon. And bleh, I mean, he was terrible. So I understand he's got the strongest arm ever. He's super attractive. He's tall, dark and handsome. Uh, he looks you in the eye when he shakes your hand and all that stuff. But if there's anything we've learned, us uh, jabronis from ranking players over the years and evaluating talent and and all that stuff uh, is that you can get fooled. Whenever guys get fooled, it's it's some of that stuff uh, is mentioned. When when it, what should be mentioned is how good they actually play in games and on the field. And I just I don't think he has the resume. I think he's going to be set up for failure, especially if he goes first uh, to Cleveland or if he goes to like the Jets. I mean, what a disaster that would be, in my opinion. So. Uh-huh. I have also watched him a lot because, as it turns out, if you are chasing money on a late game and you don't want to stay up late enough to bet Hawaii, the next logical chase is Wyoming, who play a lot of, <laughs> a lot of late games. So I have seen him in action. Never have I ever walked away thinking, man, that guy was awesome. I've, I just – I don't see it. I, and I think that in order to project a guy to be good, somebody has to see him be good. And I can't find anybody on the planet that has ever seen him be good. Uh, and I know that sounds simplistic. But I mean, it's it's also seems logical, correct? Yeah, I just I just don't get. I don't see. You know, you saw that. I saw a tweet posted of, you know, he's never completed sixty percent of his passes, even dating back to JV, which makes sense because even if you're the best player on JV, you're still on JV. Um, but you know, and then someone put up Dan Marino's. Oh, Dan Marino never did either before the NFL. Well, it's like you know. <laughs> And I saw, I think I saw Bomani Jones say, it's almost as if the game of football's changed over the years, you know, <laughs> which, uh, which I found interesting. So I'm going with Al. Nick, you've got a different pick here. Who you got? 
Yeah, I, I picked uh, Sam Darnold, but see, so here's here's part of the here's part of the consideration for me. I mean, both of you guys picked Allen. Uh, you know, there's the obvious situation where you know he gets picked number one, doesn't do well, and and that's a traditional bust. But at the same time, you know, there's there's a separate a second argument that I think could be made. Whereas, like, you know, if Josh Allen if Josh Allen gets drafted high and doesn't do well, I mean, you just went down a laundry list of reasons why you know why he shouldn't be expected to 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 do well uh it wouldn't be such a big surprise as i think as darnold is but i just think i've just never enjoyed uh you know w- uh watching darnold play and i think he kind of looks like a caveman to uh counteract their tall dark and handsome argument 100 he's got that like bulldog face going on well somebody very close to me and i've shared this with i've shared this with college coaches says that in order to be a successful quarterback you have to be good looking and if you go <laughs> look at some of the all-time greats you know, most of them are pretty good looking. So, uh, you who's know, the maybe, exception to this rule? I'm trying to think. Like, I mean, uh, Eli Manning, maybe. Yeah, but even he is like nerdy kind of looking. You know, you know who's weird looking is uh, is Joe Montana. No, oh, but Joe Montana, I Joe Montana is ruggedly handsome. If you adjust for era, I, if Joe Montana, if you transported Joe, Joe Montana from the '80s to even when in his prime to today, he wouldn't be weird looking. Yeah, well, let me look at let me. T- I'll take a look at Joe back in the day. I turned into a guys who like guys podcast. Yeah, this is guys who like guys. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know that 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 theory is tried and true so far for me. Uh, although you know, some people might argue that you know, there's been arguments about how how good looking certain other players are who've been ranked in the top uh, recently. So we'll see how that pans out. But I would say. You go talk about good looks. Mason Ru- or uh, Mason Rudolph also checks the box there. Uh, so, I I don't think here's what I think about Darnold. Say what you want, you know, whether Nick thinks he's attractive or not. He did throw a lot of interceptions, and I think that he had a lot of turnovers. I think that's something that that could be a concern, especially if he ends up going to Cleveland number one and gets thrown to the Wolves. Even though I know they've got another quarterback there, or whatever. But uh, I don't think you're too far off base. I think, like I said, I'm going with my boy Rosen. Chosen Rosen. He is Rosen. I think he's going to be the best, and I think Allen's going to be the bust. All right, next topic, and essentially last last award we're giving out. All right, we patted ourselves on the back for getting guys right. We told you the guys that we messed up on who from our regions, but now it's time to look at some of the players from other regions that we saw once or twice and we thought uh, sucked, <laughs> to put it lightly. Or we just weren't as high on as others. I mean, my guy that I put is uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. Now, someone say, hey, Woody, how do you think he sucks? Well, I had a personal experience with Minka. He was on my team, mine and Nick's team, I guess we should say, at the five-star challenge. He insisted he was an athlete and not just a DB, wanted to play offense. And Nick and I repeatedly watched the ball bounce off his hands into the waiting arms of the opponents costing us the championship game. Uh, we've yet to win since then. We've, we've finished second two other times. And uh, I held it against Mika initially. Obviously, we still ranked him as a five-star and, and anything like that. And, but uh, I did. Adam Gorney and I did come up with a funny nickname for him. Which I should uh, point out that that loss was against my team at the five-star. Yeah, boy, that was the last time you finished anywhere other than fourth, right? <laughs> That's awesome. 100% true. But you got a ring. That was That's when, true. Also, I'm that, like the Marlins, baby. I'll, I'll win a title and then I'll sell the team. 
Also, that was when if you won, you actually got a prize from uh, our former uh, fearless no, leader. No, no, no. You were you were promised. I won and was promised a prize. Do you think I ever got that prize? Yeah. Well, Negative. We won a lot of awards. Didn't we win the social media award one year and we're also promised a prize that we never, never got it. received from a former employee? So uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is mine, even though he panned out. Uh, Rob, your turn. Mine is Alan Lazard, who was a wide receiver from the Midwest that ended up going to Iowa State. You can see why I was skeptical. Um, he was at a, Saint, a camp in St. Louis that I was at, and there was a young man by the name of Monty Harrison that was also at that camp who was a wide receiver who was ranked way below, way below him. Monty Harrison was about 50 times better than this kid. Uh, maybe it was a bad day for Lazard. I have no idea. But I remember walking out of there thinking, man, if, if that guy's the best player in that region, you know, the Midwest is really hurting for talent. Monty Harrison has since gone on to become a professional baseball player. He has never, <laughs> never played a down of college football. Uh, I think he signed with Nebraska and is now, he was in the Christian Yelich trade, Kruger. So he was traded to the Marlins uh, from the Brewers who drafted him. But I never, you know, and then Lazard showed up at the five star challenge one year wearing a shirt with a kitty cat on it. And I, I don't know. I just, for whatever reason, that one performance at the camp kind of colored me because it was the only time I ever saw him, kind of colored me on him. And I remember walking away thinking this kid is never going to make it. Lo and behold, he's projected as like a fourth round pick now. Uh, well, uh, we'll see. The, if you remember, though, there was talk about him being a five star. So he had a very productive career. I think he finished in the top 50 in the rankings, but he's going to end up, like you said, being a four. I think on this mock draft we used to prepare for this, he was listed as a sixth-round pick. So I do think he's going to be very good in the NFL, though. Um, I think he's kind of slow. Nick, you you watched a lot of Iowa State, Nick, over the past two years. What do you th- How do you think Lazard pans out in the NFL? Uh, good. Strong to quite strong. <laughs> He'll be well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he'll definitely be well i i think he i think he as as a clemson wide receiver coach jeff scott once told me bigger guys just look slow uh because they're big and they that's how it's, that's how it goes so i i don't think he's that slow i think he's gonna do fine in the nfl now uh nick i filled this out for you you deleted by the way you deleted deron Payne. i just noticed so you, you're not considering that you hide from it well, I don't remember. When did I ever say that I didn't like Deron Payne? Uh, you never liked. You didn't like him. And you didn't like Derek Brown the following year because you you don't you generally have don't like the zero technique D lineman. I don't remember having a problem with Payne. Derek Brown, I didn't like. I remember that. Okay. Well, so Arden Key, you definitely didn't like, right? Eh, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, Orlando Brown was the guy that you nailed on the head, and I'm still not sure he's not a a bust as far as an NFL player is concerned, but. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> Orlando Brown was a guy that that Nick almost <laughs> Nick had a burn reel on of just uh, he was awful, <laughs> terrible, and to the point where I mean he had all these offers, and Nick and I were talking together on it. I mean he did get better as his high school career went along, but to think that he would ever be like an All American or starting in the Rose Bowl or whatever or leaving early for the NFL draft. I don't think either one of us saw that coming. I don't think anyone saw that coming, frankly. And uh, then when he went to the Combine, you know, and, and did so poorly, it kind of <laughs> had us reminiscing about uh, 
the days of him doing that at high school combines. Uh, so nothing had really changed there. So we'll see how he pans out in the NFL. I think he's got to get a lot stronger. I think he benefited. Had he stayed in the SEC or something like that, I don't know. I think he benefited really well from going to Oklahoma and, and playing in, a in, you know, I would say less of a smash mouth type situation, uh, especially the guys he was facing, you know, in terms of opposing defensive ends. So uh, Arden Key, similar similar to some of these other guys we mentioned i mean he was so skinny right nick you went to that game i remember you going to watch him play a game without me and you coming back and showing me the video and he didn't he didn't seem to do a whole lot right well you know and i think part of the problem too was not now that i'm thinking about it in retrospect i mean i mean was his team really that good that he played for out at hapville charter yeah they were terrible yeah so, so I mean, the motivation probably wasn't real high for him to know that, like, if he, you know, busted his hump or whatever on every play, he still probably wouldn't have a whole lot to show for it. So, um, you know, I mean, and he's another guy too. I mean, what would they, you know, you maybe you know better than me. I mean, didn't he, isn't he kind of a little bit of a head case or something right now? I mean, who, you know, who's to say? You know what's gonna what's gonna be going on once he gets to the NFL either. So yeah, he had some issues. He left the team. He was fighting with some people about. You know, I think he was mad about how they were using his image and all those things. He, he was ready to get to the NFL. Um, by the way, he, he, he was 6'6", 228 in high school, now listed as 6'6", 265. So well, also, you're done. to be fair, I don't think that makes him a head case. I think that makes him right. Um, I'd be also well, – I'd have my image if I was an indentured servant. I mean, he took like a leave of absence and stuff, though, uh, I think was what is what Nick's referring to. So we know that doesn't that doesn't fit well with the old uh He did one thing wrong or did one thing off. So now, yeah, you know, yeah, he's, he's crazy. Right. He's, exactly. yeah, he's got a, a, an unknown scout told me they thought uh you know he was gonna join uh the Bogwan to the Rajneesh. <laughs> <species. laughs> They're worried about that. So all right, last but not least, uh hot takes. Uh we are our fearless leader, Mike Farrell, was just spewing them on Twitter over the past two days. It's like he sat down at the keyboard, cracked his knuckles like a movie, and then just started firing out the takes. And I mean, they were like probably a, maybe no longer than 140 characters each. They were just right to the point. Josh Allen sucks. We'll bust. Lamar Jackson, never be a good quarterback. <laughs> he was really going for it. Let's let's read a few of them. Uh Lamar Jackson will not be a successful NFL quarterback. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I think uh, apologizes at the end. <laughs> sad, sad to say, I'm not surprised by the Reuben Foster issues. Um, let's see what else. What else? What else? He's got. We had a lot of him retweeting people who were talking to him. So it's a take-a-thon. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I used to think Mike McGlinchey was going to be a great pro a few years ago, but not anymore. Turnstile. <laughs> I couldn't tell if he was trying to do like a Trump parody there. I don't know. Uh, it's like he used turnstile in the way that uh, that he uses sad. Here, here's a – I don't understand what this is in reference to. Charlie is trying way too hard to have a personality he doesn't have. I don't know who Charlie is. Charlie Casserly maybe? Oh, Josh Allen will also be a phenomenal He could have been watching Boston. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, well, guess what? Ch- Ch- Charlie, you, you know <laughs> – when when Charlie let old uh, when Charlie let old bum Uncle or uh, Grandpa Joe have him, we know tra- how you feel about Grandpa Joe. Yeah, Grandpa Joe's an epic bum. So anyway, go check Mike's Twitter feed if you want to see some more of those takes. But we've got takes of our own, and here's my take: steaming hot. Are we sure that Saquon Barkley is that good? Ooh, man, 
I saw some. I saw. I saw a video today saying he was the perfect NFL prospect. Uh, well, which I don't know what that means? Yeah. <laughs> well, is he the perfect NFL? Saquon Barkley might be the perfect NFL prospect. I've never seen anybody like him. This is his journey. So, guess what? I think Barkley is good. I think he's fine, but if you look at his numbers, I mean, he's a great all-purpose guy. He had 1,200 yards rushing last season, okay? I mean, he did a lot of damage on kick returns, catching the ball, had like 600 yards receiving. But let's not make it seem like, you know, the perfect NFL prospect. I mean, maybe he's the perfect NFL prospect. He's a perfect NFL player. I don't know. I, I wouldn't draft him number one. I think he's fine to go in the top 10. I just think uh, I think people are getting a little too excited. He did great at the Combine, but as we saw in Atlanta, we had a – Saquon Barkley-esque performance at the Atlanta Combine from a prospect, and they came out there and you know couldn't do a whole lot. So um, I'm nervous. About Nick, that. you got a take? Rob, what do you got? Oh, my my hottest take, I guess, um, is I I think that we should get rid of the NFL draft. <laughs> Why? Just completely do away with it. It's boring. It's stupid clear up the cap room and then let, let's have a bidding war for these guys. Let them sign wherever they want to go. I, I don't, I don't know. I just don't like sending people to places against their will, I guess. Uh, it seems a little bit antiquated to me. I think it would be more interesting just to get rid of it, make them all free agents and let's just sign them at the end of every college season. All right. I don't have a response to that. <laughs> I told you that's a hot one, isn't it? Yeah, you got to come up with a lot of television dollars to, yeah. to make that <laughs> make that up. Exactly. All right, Nick, you got anyone you you got you got anything to share? You know, probably agree. I guess you could just do it. Who, you could just whoever gets sent to Cleveland or like uh, something like that probably agrees with me or whatever other oh, crap. But you know, or Buffalo. Guess what? Your congratulations on a great college career. Your prize is you get to move to Buffalo. No, Enjoy but you, you know what though? Now, now that you now that you bring it up, I mean, maybe we should get rid of it. Maybe we should just it'd be just like it'd be it'd just be like National Signing Day, except for the NFL. Yeah, hundred percent. If you get the cap room, sign the guy. You could, yeah, you could definitely, definitely make TV time with announcements and stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm, with, I'm with you now, Rob. I'm with you. It would work more for the NBA. There's too many players in the NFL. I think I'm talking about hundreds of players. I mean, there's there's a billion college football. You know. But think about it. There's six rounds. How many, how many rounds are there in the NFL draft these days? Seven. It's not like they're drafting a billion players each. They're getting seven players. Yeah. Tell the NFL teams you could sign seven guys. I don't know. We'll workshop this later. And then maybe we can maybe we can shrink the league too. When uh, you know when Buffalo goes away because nobody wants to go there, uh, they don't deserve an NFL team anyway. <laughs> All right, I think the Buffalo has a great fan base. You're really you're really making people mad now, Rob. <laughs> Way to go, potential customers in all those towns. So uh, keep it. Uh, let's not have to edit anything. All right. Last but not least, story time. Uh, story, a funny story about an NFL prospect. The only one that came to mind was me. I sent it to Nick earlier. Was our boy Roquan Smith, uh, who was going to go in the first round. Speaking of players, I had to drive to go see. I mean, I remember having to make the drive to Montezuma, uh, Georgia, several times to go see our boy Roquan. And uh, yeah, he uh, he did an interview with us where he I asked him to list his top schools, and he listed <laughs> UCLA, Georgia, Florida. 
and then UCLA again. And then he said, <laughs> and he said, as I stated prior, and Nick and I have said, as I stated prior, probably hundreds of thousands of times since then. What would you say, Nick? Yeah. It's, yes. It's a lot. Uh, also, Trenton, Trenton Thompson, I, I dug up that video, a video interview I did with him where he famously called commits commits. Um, <laughs> and we all say that. Everyone says that. Would you? I think the entire rival staff says commits, right? Yeah, I say commits. I think people, you know, people in our families even say commits. So uh, big shout to Trenton. Let's hope Trenton gets drafted. He he uh, was one time looking like he's going to be a first-round pick. He probably left a year too early, probably be a sixth or seventh rounder now. Uh, it's been, he's also had some of those off-the-field issues that, that uh, anonymous scout Nick Kruger was talking about earlier. So, uh, Rob, let's hear your story. My favorite one is the Josh Rosen story, and I know I've told it to you. Uh, you may have been standing there. You might have so, told it on the podcast. I'm not sure. Yeah, I may have. I, I can't really recall. If I have, I apologize. Do you remember Nick Kruger, the year that Kyle Allen was at the five stars as a senior, who, Kyle Allen, who will also be in the draft, and Josh Rosen was there as a junior, and it was the year that we had Rosen just snapping the ball, and we weren't letting the, the, the underclassmen quarterbacks throw, and they were all mad. Do you remember this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, that was, to, well, that was also, what, that was just a year where we just did two underclassmen quarterbacks, right? And he was one. Who was the other one? That's a, that's a good trivia. No, you don't want to know the answer to that one. No, I do want to know. I mean, I just asked it. Went to like Eastern Iowa or something. Oh, yeah. It was that guy that, what was his name? Uh, he, was, he was, Notre Dame was like interested in him. No, he was, he was a Midwestern to, guy, right? Yeah, I think he was committed to oh, Iowa. Oh, it was the, it was the tall uh, gangly. Yeah. Jack Benaventi? Is that his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Well, anyway, so Kyle Allen has what, in my estimation to this day, is still the greatest camp performance of all time through a couple seven-on-seven seven games. I think he was something like 23 for 20 for his first 23 passes, and you know he ended up winning the MVP, and we were all standing around watching him, and I was standing next to Josh Rosen, uh, who was a junior in high school at this time, and he's watching, and he's kind of intrigued, and he goes, man, that's Kyle Allen? And I'm like, yeah, he's pretty good, and I'm thinking he's going to be like, wow, I'm really impressed. He goes, man, I thought he'd be a little bit better than that. <laughs> it was just the most Josh Rosen thing in the history of the world. Just completely craps on the guy. It turns out he was right. I mean, Josh Josh Rosen is a much better quarterback than Kyle Allen. Well, and Kyle Allen, uh, Kyle Allen will likely be drafted right in this draft later on. So they're both going to be in the NFL, right? Yeah, I would assume. I don't know if he'll will he likely be drafted. I, well, I think so. I sent Rob a couple stories about him. He was the Seahawks appear to really like him. So. Um, I think he'll be drafted. I would put some cash on that one if you want, Nick. You want to make a little friendly wager? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said he was not getting drafted. Well, I don't know. How am I supposed to know? All right. Now, that's our NFL draft coverage. If you got anything else you want us to talk about, we'll tell you story. We got stories about every player. So if you have a player you want to hear about, something you want to know, ask us about it and – uh and we will get on it. So we read several tweets for Tweet of the Week from uh, from our fearless leader, uh, Mike Farrell. So we could we could count that as Tweet of the Week. But guess what? I've got a little Tweet of the Week that I like. You better hope that mediocre money that you make at Rivals is good enough for you for the rest of your life. Uh, this weekend, we were at the Rivals Camp Series, of course, in uh, Charlotte. And, you know, we usually tweet out little videos from the event. So we had Shamar McCollum, who's a high three-star defensive end. He was doing really well in one-on-ones. I tweeted out a video of him with the caption, 
South Carolina defensive end Shamar McCollum making it look easy. At which point, uh, and we've I know we've seen this happen a lot where like Coach Twitter will then reply to us saying what he was or wasn't doing, you know? Oh, he should have used his hands there yeah, to shed that I block. I love that. Zachary Thomas Zinser, who's actually a fellow high school prospect, Dublin Kaufman student athlete, left tackle. He says it was easy because he gave him a two-way go, okay, which is football lingo for those of you who don't know, which I have a feeling Zach's got, Zachary's got a future in coaching. At which point, Shamar McCollum then replies and says, it's just that easy. I can do you the same way. And then puts the little sh- shrugging emoji. So yeah, Shamar is ready to go against anybody. And uh, he's even responding back to amateur coaches uh, via Twitter, telling them that he'll do he'll do the player. He'll do him the same way. So I always love uh, when something like that happens. So big shout to Shamar. He did well at the camp as well. Uh, don't, don't really like that hand right. race, man, that video you tweeted. <laughs> he gave him a two-way go. Come on, Shamar. You, you should know that. All right. Moving on. What are we doing with, with ourselves? <laughs> Rob making all types of noise. Moving on. Rants and recommendations. All right. Do you, I have two things to talk about. Uh, one of them is very serious. You guys have anything to complain about before I get going here on my, on my rant? No, just that there seems to be a police raid going on outside my window. All right. Listen. Now, growing up, Rob, did you ever have any grandparents that you knew? Yeah, well, kind of. I, they died very young. I mean, I, I remember my grandfather uh, very well. Um, I was think I was in like sixth grade when he passed. But other than that, they all died when I was young. Nobody, in my, I'm going to die soon. Right. Nobody in my family lives very long. Yeah, well, something for us to look forward to. <laughs> well, they all smoked though, so you know th- that's like what I tell myself when I when I don't want to think I'm going to die in my fifties. Is well, you know, they all smoked, so that's what I tell myself at night. So, so what did you refer to this uh, grandfather figure as when you called him by? What did you call Grandpa. him? Okay. <laughs> now I had a grandmother who was alive. I only had one grandparent myself. My grandma Irene, who was my mom's dad, and guess what I called her? Grandma. Now, Nick. Grandma, Irene. Yeah, exactly. I used to have a little parody there. Now, Nick, when you're going on normal vacations and not uh, <laughs> to Wisconsin or wherever to see your grandparents, what do you refer to them as? No, everything. everything's always been grandma and grandpa. All right. You know, so I've noticed a disturbing trend where, and here's what I think. I think people don't want to be called grandma and grandpa anymore. So they've made up all these stupid names like Mima, Mimi, as all types of derivatives just because they don't want to be called. Now, here are the exceptions. I will list them as follows. Abuela. Uh, well, that's just obviously. a different language. <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's fine. That's what I'm saying. All different language, uh, all different language uses are fine. Any language. Okay. Because if, if, if that's how you refer to it as. Now, here's where I have a problem. We've got people picking up names either in other languages that don't associate with their, you know, ethnic background and picking up those names and being like, I want to be called. Uh, appropriation. Right. I want to be called Yaya, which is the Greek. <laughs> Grand- which is the Greek <laughs> Grandparent appropriation. The Greek na- right. It's the Greek name. That's the Greek name for grandma. Why well, I, I just saw someone from Cottage Grove use that in a thing. And I know they're not Greek. They're from Cottage Grove. I mean, come on. We're all, you know, 
we don't come, we're not exactly blue bloods out there in uh, CG. So got me to thinking. Then I see these other people, Mimi. Now, other exception. This is a big exception. If you are from the Southern United States and you refer to your grandmother as Mima, okay, Mima, or even Papa can be grandfathered in, not to, not to use a pun, because that's that's a dialect thing here in the What's South. What's the Woody Womack ruling on Grammy or Graham? That's fine as a nickname. You know, my grand, my grand, my grand. Also, I like grand as a thing because I would be heard on Downton Abbey. That's a British thing. So all those things are fine. The problem I have is Mimi, Moo Moo, Nana, Ha Ha, you know... <laughs> I mean, just go by grandma or grandpa. Guess what? You're old. You have your kids have had kids now. You're old. Get with the program. Okay. These are the same people holding me up in the line, getting samples at the ice cream place. Now, I'm a cool grandma. I go by Chicha, you know? No. Welcome to Woody Womack's <laughs> Fall in Line Old Lady Podcast. That's right. Get it. Get with the program, you old broads. <laughs> and and guess it, don't what? you dare ask me for a kidney on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah. Don't ask me for a kidney and don't tell me to slow down in my neighborhood. I had a Mima tell me t- today I was driving through my neighborhood going 22 miles an hour. I saw a grandma walking. I waved to her and she yells at me to slow down. Okay. The speed limit's 25. I'm going 22. The amount of strength it took for me not to slam on the brakes and put the car into reverse and go yell at this lady was, I mean, it was. I've, done, I've actually done that before. Oh, do you? <laughs> You've done that when someone told you to slow down. You've got a screen. I was, I was driving. I was driving home. An older, an older woman on her bicycle was heading the other direction. So, and she gives me. I'm, I'm driving, driving home. She gives me the hand, like the turn it down with the hands or whatever, you know, for the speed. So I stopped. I threw it in reverse and backed up over to her and I said, uh, "Do you have a radar gun handy?" And she looked at me so confused, and because I wasn't speeding either. And she was like, no. And I said, then I was like, then how do you know how fast I was possibly going? And then I rolled up the window, drove off, and she had no idea. Like, Because here's the thing. Old people don't expect you to clap back <laughs> when they give you some kind of some kind of order like that. We are three episodes and, uh, removed yeah. from Kruger complaining that old people are trying to live by asking for kidney donations via Twitter. And now we're into, I mean, I got to worry about you. I got to worry about you and elder abuse, Krug. I, I don't like where this is headed. Well, it's a good thing you're dying early, Rob. Yeah, so you'll be dead. I won't have to worry about you showing up to my house and kicking me in my replaced knee. You'll be dead before people are calling you Papa. Well, the problem the problem that I the problem that I had especially is at the time I was living in you know Fort Myers, Florida, where you know there's just like an you you build an inherent uh, you know resentment towards the older population there because there's just so many of them ruining your life constantly at every turn. So if you are that, a commitment issues listener the over the age of sixty five and like Nick Kruger's address, you can get at me on Twitter at, at Cassidy underscore Rob. I will provide you his phone number and his address so you can show up and show them how you used to do things in your day. Okay, so here is the problem. Getting back to my topic and these old and these names, there are articles, cute, twenty-six cute names for grandma and grandpa. And what do they do? They take the name in the other language, and the appropriation begins from there. Okay, like so. Let's let's not do that. This is America. It, it, please don't be don't take someone else's 
heritage and turn it into your own. Okay, that's just what I, that's what I say, right? Rob, you're Italian of Italian descent. I do hear some of my Italian family call call the grandpa's papa. Not in my family. I don't know what I, I don't know not what in I my family. I don't. I, I'm okay with that. I don't have as much of a problem with these nicknames as you. Um, oh, Nana and Papa. I, I here's what I can go through. Gigi, no, I do not want you calling your grandma Gigi. Okay, it's enough. Stop it. I don't have any grandparents, but when I'm a grandpa, when I when I'm a grandpa, I want to be called Old Man Womack. <laughs> Wait, how is that any better than Gigi? <laughs> Uh, hey, old. You try telling a three-year-old to say "old man." When I'm a grandpa, I would like, I, I, would like my, I would like my grandson to call me Laser. <laughs> Yo, guess what? Yeah, you, you know what? You make a good point. You should pick cool names. Why go with some Nima, Mimi, Gigi? Yeah, when you, you know. can be like Lone Wolf. Go- I just, I just told you it has to be easy for a toddler to say. That's when these things happen. Oh, so you think the toddlers keep saying them the whole? But then I'm talking. I hear adults calling their, you know, their their Mimi or whatever. A toddler could easily say like uh, Big Dog. Well, I got news for you. The the only toddler I deal with right now is my cousin Jude, who is is a classic uh, Rivera, which is uh, the Italian side of my family, speaking in full sentences, including. Including at this last party, telling a uh, friend of the podcast, Alicia, that she's very. She, he goes up to her and he says, "Nice to meet you, Alicia. You're very pretty." And this kid's like three, so uh, <laughs> I told you how things run in my family. No one's being called Mima, or actually, I think he does call his mom Mima, but she's southern. So anyway, enough of that talk. Recommendation, quick recommendation. Have you guys seen this show Barry on HBO, starring Bill Hader? I have not. Ah. Good show. Gets the Womack stamp of approval. Uh, Barry, uh, Bill Hader plays a hitman, former Marine, who goes out to L.A. to uh, to do a hit. Uh, it turns out the guy's in an acting class. He enrolls in the acting class uh, because, you know, he needed to get close to the guy or whatever to kill him. And turns out he likes acting, decides he wants to stay, but obviously hijinks ensue. It's a much darker show, though, than I just described. I mean, it's definitely... There's definitely some violence. Uh, viewer discretion is advised. Uh, so I, I really like it. I've enjoyed it quite a bit so far. It's on HBO. You can watch it on HBO Go. Uh, one of you two jabrons can hack my password. Uh, <laughs> something like that. So I would advise. I would advise watching it. So I think that's all I've got. You guys got anything else? Nope. Let's get out of here. All right. Uh, got no new iTunes reviews this week, people. This is, this is becoming a problem. We're stuck on 75. We need 25 more before the end of the year. Please go on iTunes. Leave us a review. Hopefully we didn't say anything to get in trouble this week. Uh, big shout to all the Mimis and Nanas and M. Deuce. What do you call your grandma, M. Deuce? I don't know if M. Deuce has... You know, M. Deuce does have grandparents. I remember seeing them. So, uh, M. Deuce, hit me up this week and let me know what you call your grandparents. And more importantly, what do your kids call your mom because mark does have a couple of kids all right that wraps it up for us we'll be back with another episode next week